Next on BYU Sports Nation, 2019 Media Day Madness is go for BYU basketball. Is an NCAA tournament or bust for the Cougars? We'll chat with Mark Pope, Yoli Childs, TJ Haas, and more in the next two hours. Plus, what qualifies as a fair expectation for Jaron Hall in his first start as a BYU quarterback? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live for the next two hours. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday, October 9th, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the co-host, currently ranked 122nd out of 130, Jerem Jordan. Well, apparently I'm uh, not a Power 5 uh, co-host, according to the show yesterday, but Jaron Hall was ranked 122nd out of 130 FBS starting quarterbacks, according to Pro Football Focus. The dude hasn't started a game yet, so he's rated as the ninth worst Starting quarterback in FBS, which is too bad for Jaron. Uh, but he could quickly change that uh, yes. with some good performances. That here will the next all few change weeks. in South Florida and there's on been Saturday. How many passes to assess? Like five or something? In my defense of the non-Power 5 commentary yesterday, until we get the <laughs> money and it's declared officially that it is a Power 5 designation, yeah. because and that's your argument, then we can't call ourselves Power 5. Yeah, we're Power 5 equivalents. Yay! Now, if BYU gets invited to a Power 5 conference, does that elevate BYU Sports Nation to Power 5 status as well? No. <laughs> so even then, we no. wouldn't be Power 5 hosts. If it's all about the mighty dollar... No, we're happy to be here. We don't want to ruffle any feathers upstairs. Come on, man. Come on, man. Today's two-hour show includes a midweek look at BYU football showdown with USF and Tampa and, of course, the who's who of BYU basketball senior forward star Yoli Childs. Head coach Mark Pope leads off hour number two. TJ Haas following his knee surgery. How close is he to 100% plus Jake Toulson on the best shooter on this current BYU basketball team? We're shooting our shot with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football visits USF this Saturday in Tampa, Florida at 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. First ever meeting between these programs. BYU redshirt freshman Jaron Hall making his first career start with the Cougars, stepping in for the injured Zach Wilson. What are fair expectations for Jaron Hall? We'll discuss that in just a moment. Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific on BYU Radio. Countdown to kickoff will also be available on BYU TV at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. Today's BYU Basketball Media Day. We uh, have a two-hour edition of the show, as mentioned. You can also watch a press conference with Mark Pope on the BYU TV app or BYUtv.org at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. The United Soccer Coaches Poll is out for all NCAA women's soccer teams and has BYU dropping from number four to number six after a 2-2 draw on the road against Santa Clara. The Cougars back at Southfield tonight. In another big-time West Coast Conference showdown with Pepperdine, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Watch it on the BYU TV app. Carla Haslam, our regular analyst, has a conflict. So guess who is the analyst tonight? Brian Dunseth, who does Rail Salt Lake in MLS games. That guy's legit. Oh, yeah, eight-year veteran of the MLS. Also, he was the captain of the U.S. national team 
when they competed in the Olympics in 2000. That's awesome. And the men and women's cross-country teams are both ranked second for the first time in school history. The ladies move up two spots. The men stay put at number two this week. Highest ranking for the women's team since 03. Remember, BYU won three national titles there. Uh, late 90s and uh, early 2000s. Awesome. The men and women's team's next competition next week at the Pre-Nationals Invitational in India. The road to glory continues for BYU cross-country. Well done, Dilji Taylor. More on her later in the show. It's time to rise and shout and go to What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football now midweek as they prepare for a first-ever meeting with the Bulls of USF and their head coach, Charlie Strong. The last time BYU faced <laughs> Charlie Strong, it went well. It resulted in a 41-7 win for a Taysom Hill-led BYU team when he was at Texas. Obviously, these are different circumstances. Both teams kind of feel desperate for a win. BYU, we joked, will clinch bowl eligibility, essentially, if they win this game. Hawaii Bowl will be there to invite. No, they won't. Brett McMurphy told us yesterday that USF is going to have a very difficult time getting to six wins in bowl eligibility if they don't beat BYU. So, yes, there is some desperation moving into Florida. Jerem, with a first-time quarterback and the first African-American quarterback to make a start at BYU football. Jaron Hall in play. What are fair expectations for him as he takes the Cougars into Florida? To be okay to good. It's hard to know what a spring ball and what a fall camp means. At a fall camp, we thought this BYU offense would be explosive, checking it down the field, blah, blah, blah. It's not been that. We'll see if it's that against lesser competition. We'll see. It wasn't against Toledo, although Toledo's quality. Against uh, USF and Liberty, it's different than you know against Toledo and Utah State or whatever. I, let's assess the situation. Stuff going uh, against Jaron Hall in this game. Eastern time zone game, always just tough naturally, right? Road game, game in Florida, BYU hasn't won there. USF's third in FBS in takeaways, 14 this year. Fourth in FBS in tackles for loss. I gave him the karma Monday, though. That's going yes, for him. Did, and for him, USF out. stinks. And also for him, the Bulls give up 30 a game. So there's, there's some interesting uh, dynamics in play here. Also a bye week that's going for him. So I expect him to be okay to good. Jaron Hall, I hope, doesn't feel like he has to be everything for the BYU offense. He's got to be a lot of it. But hopefully the BYU O-line, which uh, I think we thought preseason would be better than it has been, uh, rises to the occasion, has a good game. Emmanuel Super rushed at the ball. Um, effectively, and then Jaron Hall can make simple plays. I expect Jaron Hall to use his legs a little more than Zach Wilson has the last uh, four games. The first game, Zach Wilson used his legs effectively against Utah, but it was too little, too late. BYU was down by too much to, for it really to matter. So I expect him to be okay to, to good. I'll quantify his expectations with two numbers and a letter. The first number is 400. I expect Jaron Hall to lead BYU to 400 total yards of offense. That'd be good. Against a defense. They do produce a lot of turnovers, but they give up a ton of points as well. BYU should be able to accumulate at least 400 yards of total offense against this specific USF team. The second number is 24. I expect BYU to score at least 24 points, which would be better than their season average, by the way. The Cougars average just over 22 points. So even with a first-time starting quarterback and two time zones and BYU having never won a game in Florida, I expect BYU to hit that magical number that Bronco Mendenhall put in place of 24, and that has them exponentially, gives them a chance to an exponentially greater chance to win the game if they just reach that number, especially on the road. Okay, so 24 points. 
The letter I'll give you is a W. I expect Jaron Hall to win. Oh, if BYU doesn't win this game, they have huge problems. I think BYU has problems, but they're, it's, BYU's played a tough schedule. The 11th toughest schedule, according to Sagarin. USF stinks. BYU should perform well and win. BYU is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Last I checked, according to our friends in the desert, I expect a W. So fair expectations for Jaron Hall. 400 yards of total offense, 24 points at least on offense, and a win, most importantly, in Tampa. It's basketball media day, so let's talk hoops in topic two. Mm. Lots of discussion about what to expect this year. So let's draw a line in the sand. Is it... NCAA tournament or bust for Cougar Hoops this season? It has to be. This has to be the expectation. I know that everything has kind of, it's seemingly fallen apart over the past few months with a nine-game suspension for Yoli Childs and Gavin Baxter's injury that's reportedly going to keep him out the entirety of the season and Zach Salius and TJ Haas had his knee scoped. We'll ask him about that when he comes in in just a little bit. It doesn't matter. The expectation remains the same. As much as we want to say, you know what, let's rein it back. This team will carry that expectation, and I'm on board with that. Just find a way. It's been too long. It's been four-plus years since BYU has been in the NCAA tournament. It's time to get back. And with seniors in play, I know Yoli Childs is going to be out the first nine games. He's, this is still his senior season. He's still going to play a clear majority of these games. He's still going to get to play all the league games against St. Mary's and Gonzaga, as will TJ Haas and Jake Toulson. Yes, I'm on board. It is NCAA tournament or bust for this team, regardless of everything that's happened with injuries and off-the-court issues. This question is less about what we expect this team to do and more about where the standard of success is with the program. Yeah, the standard remains the same. The standard is the NCAA tournament. I do not expect this team to make the NCAA tournament. I hope a ton that this team figures out a way to get in there. They've been dealt a hand, some self-serving, most not, that is difficult, right? Um, but it's all about the NCAA tournament. No one cares about the NIT. I'm going to get everyone. Okay, tell me the answer. Like, say it out loud, including you, if you know. Who won the NIT last year? Um, I don't know. It doesn't no matter. It was Texas. Who was the runner-up? Lipscomb. Semifinalist, Wichita State and TCU. No one cares. Exactly. No one cares. I refuse to celebrate mediocre. And mediocre is the NIT. If BYU goes to the NIT and they win it, that doesn't mean it's not progress and something positive. I'm just saying the standard of excellence for BYU basketball is high, and it's making the tourney. And that's a tough thing to do. Okay. That, that's a tough thing to do uh, when you're not in a Power 6 league and you're not Gonzaga, right? It's a different era. It's, it's tougher. Like, remember when Nevada played Boise State in football? It was like a top-five matchup in, like, 20. 10 or 11, that would never happen now. Like in football, basketball, it's just a different time. And so for BYU, what they've got to do is figure out a way in March to be ready to pull off the upset in Vegas and do what they haven't done since 01. And if they do it, amazing, right? It'll be cool. If they don't, hopefully they'll be in position where it was a fun ride, there were some great games, some great wins, some great individual moments, and then you go from there. It's not just March. The league is so good at the top with Gonzaga and St. Mary's both expected to be high seeds, or low seeds, depending on how you look at it in the NCAA tournament, but to receive favorable seeds, at least single-digit seeds, that BYU is going to have four opportunities for resume statement games well, in six. league. Yeah. Maybe more, yeah. right? Maybe more. This, this, I refuse to with the NIT to celebrate mediocre, just as I'm not going to celebrate two and two being like excellent. It's relatively excellent. 
right? Three and one in, in BYU's first four would have been awesome. Two and two is 500. I'm not going to celebrate 500. Like, it's relatively good, given the lower standard of BYU football expectation right now. But we aren't expecting BYU to win 10 games. We're hoping they win eight. Progress. Okay, and yes, there are different levels of progress. If BYU wins seven regular season games, technically that's a step forward compared to the six regular season wins they won in the football realm last year. If basketball gets to the NIT, technically it's a step forward, right? Right. Right, but I'm not going to celebrate no. it as if it was something excellent. The standard is I'm the NCAA excellence tournament. excellence versus mediocrity. Sure, right? okay. On to topic number three. With all of the adversity that BYU basketball has faced, with suspensions, Nick Emery leaving, injuries, a coaching staff overhaul, who shoulders the load for BYU basketball this season? It's Mark Pope. He's the head coach. He's the new head coach. He's the guy who can influence this team. In an amazing way. Coaching matters. It really does. You can have a coach come in and with the same players change things for the better or the worse. I expect it to be much better. However, with Yoli Childs, uh, you know, out nine games, there are questions to be had, right? What does BYU do with that? Um, How do you you cope with having zero experienced players, six, nine or taller on this team? Uh, What role will T.J. Haas and Jake Toulson have on this team since they're both capable of scoring 30 in any given game? Who will overachieve? Zach uh, Selyus, Dalton Nixon, Connor Harding, will he make the jump? What newcomers will have an impact? There are a lot of questions to be had. Does BYU go small? But Mark Pope and his uh, staff, one of the buzzwords for me with Mark is creativity, innovation, energy, passion, right? And he's bringing all that. I think BYU is going to maximize what it can do with this group. I don't know if that means the NCAA tournament. I I think it's going to be a challenge to to make that happen. But I think that BYU is going to uh, figure out how to overachieve. Does BYU have top 40 basketball recruiting classes? No. Can they be a top 40 team is the question. In football, does BYU consistently get top 25 recruiting? No, but you can beat a USC sometimes. You can beat a Wisconsin, right? You can beat a top 10 recruiting program. Right, exactly. And uh, hopefully BYU basketball can, can figure it out and be their best selves. If that doesn't mean an NCAA tournament, you know, it's disappointing not to make the tourney, but at least BYU maxed out what it could do, and that's hard to quantify. But I think that Mark Pope will shoulder this load and max out what this group can do. I mean, does St. Mary's have a top 25 basketball recruiting class? No, no they're they more along the lines year. of yeah. like BYU. Yes, they, they overachieve I'd love to know how they get some of those guys. <laughs> a conversation for another day. This will be a rotating responsibility and burden. Right now, it's on Mark Pope because he has to handle all of the offseason stuff and keep his guys high energy, highly engaged, and... We're going to ask him how he's doing that right now as practice opens up. So especially early in the season, it's on Mark Pope. I think that will shift to T.J. Haas once the game starts, especially the first nine, because he's the senior leader. He's been around. He is the most efficient BYU basketball player, and he's going to have to carry a larger responsibility with Yoli Childs not being able to play until the Utah game in December. Now, once Yoli Childs gets back, Pick your poison. It's either Jake Toulson, TJ Haas, or Yoli Childs. 
Early in the season, Mark Pope shoulders this responsibility. The first nine games, I think it's largely on the guy that's been around the program for the longest on the floor, and that's T.J. Haas. And then when the arsenal returns with Childs and you have Toulson and Haas in the mix, I don't know, I think it's going to be a rotating responsibility, and I like that there are multiple leaders on this team. Yeah, and you have three seniors that can do this, right? And Childs, exactly. Haas, and Toulson. Exactly, a shared responsibility for the seniors when they're all back. Yes, at Cougar Stats, the word mediocre is thrown around way too liberally to not be in the top 15% teams in the country – meaning those who make the tourney, doesn't make you mediocre. Great point. Maybe I should say BYU just won't be good enough, right, to make the tournament. Because if you make the NIT, you're still a good team. You're just not good enough and or relevant. I, I guess the buzzword we use the most with BYU Sports here is relevance. We want to be relevant. In football, it's be in the top 25. We would say win our league, but there's no league to win. Um, one year, BYU ousted you know, Notre Dame in the end. Who cares? But to not make the NCAA tournament, you're just an irrelevant men's basketball program, in my opinion. That's the standard. In football, it's really high, top 25. In football, in basketball, it's one of the top 44 or so, right, that uh, get into the tourney that aren't the bottom echelon uh, you know, automatic qualifiers, yes. I guess, right? Yes. Top 68, but You can 44. be in the bottom 50% and be bad. You can be in the 50 to 60% range of basketball teams and be mediocre, but then you can be kind of in no man's land between that 60 and 84% even, area and even, that goes to the NIT. Yeah, BYU could be in the 40s and still not make the NCAA tournament, but have a good team. Yeah, let's produce a good team. But if you don't make the NCAA tournament, it's not a uh, uber-memorable season, right? On to social media now. Our question of the day and voice of the nation wants you to answer, who shoulders the load for BYU basketball this season and why? Let's hear from you. This is the voice of the nation. On BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter, from at the casual hippie. Gotta share the load and play as a team. If any one player tries to be the superstar, BYU will not succeed team first. I feel like TJ Haas. I think BYU has three potential superstars. Has to be the superstar early in the season. And Jake Toulson can help out too for sure. I think I think he's gotta be the guy in the first nine games. I think Jake Toulson's the most efficient player on the team as a 180 guy a year ago. And I think those two could form a really nice backcourt duo that uh, could do some things for BYU. BYU's really lucky that Jake Toulson came. Because with no Yola Childs in the first night, no Gavin Baxter probably all year, Jake Toulson uh, and TJ Haas will be guys that combine for 40 a game at least the first nine, in my opinion. They're going to have to show that load. If BYU is to win a lot of those first nine games, you would think that those guys have to combine for 40. I, I thought BYU might be 5-4 and four with Yola Childs. So, hopefully, five and four plus is uh, still something BYU can get. Coming up, who will score the most points for the Cougars this season? We'll predict. Yoli Childs will kick off our BYU basketball media day interviews in Studio B. He joins us next. Here it comes. What are his expectations, and how is he handling the challenge of this nine-game suspension? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We still have an hour and 40 minutes to go on our show, but after our show later today, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, you can watch the press conference with Mark Pope. He'll give his uh, you know, secondary answers. He'll give the best ones coming up with us, but he'll give his secondary best answers later at this press conference. You can watch on the BYU TV app and on BYUtv.org. I am confident you will laugh multiple times when Mark Pope joins us in Studio B and during the press conference. Like That's uh, pretty much a guarantee, right? 
I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's laugh or bust for Mark Pope in an interview. Okay. <laughs> Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Great to have you with us for this two-hour special. You can always download the BYU Sports Nation podcast if you miss anything. Joining us now in Studio B, star senior forward Yoli Childs. How does that sound to be introduced as a senior forward? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. It, it's so wild how time flies. You always have the... The older guys, when you're younger, talking about, oh, it's crazy. It goes by so fast, but it really does. It's it's unreal to me that it's my senior year. Yoli, when you walk into a room, you beam. You got that smile. There's this energy. And this all in spite of coaching change. Uh, you go from NBA draft prep back to BYU. Then comes an unfortunate nine-game suspension. How, how do you keep the smile and the positive attitude on your face when you face some real adversity? I'm, I'm just excited. It's It's the... The outlook you have on life. That was one of my big takeaways from conference, actually, was I feel like that was mentioned a lot, was just no matter what's going on, it's, it's kind of your decision and, and your opportunity to have joy and to be happy. And I'm just so stoked about the positive things that are going on right now, how hard this team's working, the guys I get to play with, and the opportunity to be here at this university. I mean, how could you not be happy, you know? And that's uh, what it's all about because you can't control whether the NCAA suspends you nine games or not, right? I want to come back. What? Okay, I'm just going to have a good attitude. And Nick Emery retires, and Gavin Baxter has a shoulder injury, and you know TJ has a scope, and whatever. Um, so describe to us what it's like with this team right now, because it feels like this team is very focused, given the last couple of seasons, given what's happened in the offseason, and with a bunch of seniors. Yeah, no, I, I think we're really locked in. And something I've been thinking about a lot, and the guys have been talking about a lot, is all the crazy stories, all the, the incredible victories, all the amazing seasons that no one saw coming, how many of them started off with, like, everything was perfect and then it ended perfect, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't happen, yeah. you know? The, the, the greatest stories are the stories that start with ad- adversity and trials and, and challenges. Those are the great stories, and that's what this team wants to do. We want to write a great story, not just a good story, not an okay story. We want an amazing story that BYU fans will remember forever. And we've been talking about, okay, it, I feel like Mark Pope and this coaching staff will max out what this group can do. We hope it's the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. right? But is it, is it unfair to say it's NCAA tournament or bust? Is that, is that too hard of a line to draw? No, not at all. Okay. I think that's the, the expectation, especially with this group, is to uh, first off get to the NCAA tournament and then advance when we're there. I think we have so many seniors, we're so smart, and everyone's just working so hard that, I mean, that's, that's obviously the goal. And, uh, Anything short of that, we, we would probably consider a failure. I mean, that's, that's what we need to do. It's, it's time. BYU basketball senior forward Yoli Childs on BYU Sports Nation. What is your role now through the first nine games of the season and when you return? How, how will all of that change and evolve? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is just being 100% every day. Just being the guy that, that comes and works hard and practice every day because – I can see that I'm getting better every day. And then when I'm able to bring it on the defensive end and push guys on the offensive end, it makes everybody else better. Um, I'm able to come in and be a vocal leader and kind of set the tone, especially for some of our younger guys, and, and show them what's expected. And um, I think just with so many seniors and, and having that leadership role, uh, it can really benefit our team. How are you getting better on the floor? Uh, a ton of ways. I think um, my, my defensive presence is getting better all the time. 
Um, Coach Pope is is really on me about that, always being the best I can be, being active, talking, communicating, uh, running the floor hard, uh, pushing I've heard, it on I've the I've heard stories about this, about Yoli sprinting the floor the, the like tra- never the, before. It's, the transition game, is it's, it's going to open a, a lot of new things for us, especially uh, just putting pressure on the defense, getting teams in foul trouble. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. You shot a but you doubled your three uh, amount of threes you took last year and improved by one percent. Is that something you'll continue to do? Is shoot more threes and hopefully have a higher percentage? Of course. I think a big thing we're focusing on is taking great shots. Mm. So I don't know. It, it'll depend how teams guard me. If I'm open, I'm going to let it fly, um, but I'm not going to force anything. I think with with how many options we have and how many guys we have that can shoot the ball and pass and put it on the floor and make plays for each other. Uh, we don't really want to settle for anything other than a really great look. So it's just going to depend on if teams are flying out at me, then I probably won't shoot a ton of threes. If teams are giving me space, then I'll probably shoot some. So, How has the uh, kind of more numbers and metric-based approach uh, affected this mentality in terms of efficiency? It's been really cool. Um, I think something it's, it's done for the guys has helped us not settle. I think a lot of times we have settled for difficult shots that – like, obviously, you make them. Good players make tough shots. But when you break down the metrics and you look at, okay, but if I can just take one more dribble and get to this spot or if I can get to this shot over the course of a game and over the course of the season, it makes us so much better. So just being able to see what actually works and what doesn't is is really awesome. Have any of those numbers validated or, I guess, changed your mind on, wait, I thought I was good at this, but the numbers show that I'm not as good and I need to focus on that, anything like that? Um, I think the biggest thing is as a team, uh, one of our numbers that was really poor last year was our spot-up defense. Um, what does that, that mean? That means uh, when you're closing out to a three-point shooter. The, Who's in a spot, catch-and-shoot? Yeah, and shoot. spot, catch-and-shoot, okay. or put it on the floor. Our closeouts weren't great, and that's not something that we really realized. So that's been a big emphasis all summer is being there on the catch, not giving up wide-open threes. Uh, I think we looked at a metric the other day that showed percentages of college players across the country on their catch-and-shoot threes versus when they just have to adjust and put the ball on the floor one time, and uh, it, it drops a ton. So just little things like that. BYU Basketball Media Day on BYU Sports Nation continues. We are talking with Yoli Childs, BYU senior forward. What does a guy like Jake Toulson do to alleviate some of the pressure that you and TJ Hawes feel as the leaders of this team? Well, Jake, first off, is an unbelievable player. Uh, he's a three-level scorer. He brings a lot of energy and intensity, but he's just a natural leader. He's a guy that, that walks in the gym and uh, exudes confidence, and he really knows how to lead a team both vocally and uh, by example. And he's just a guy that brings it every day. And it's really fun. We're both super competitive, and so is TJ. And we're able to push each other and compete and talk smack a little bit throughout practice. (laughs) And it it brings a lot of energy, so it's fun. Now, you're competing against him right now because, as BYU should, prepare to play the first nine games without you. So you spend some time with the practice squad, and you you go head-to-head with TJ Haas and Jake Toulson. What's that dynamic like? It's fun. I mean, we switch it up. So a lot of times I'm with that group, and – uh, certain times I'm on the the second group, and certain times I'm on the practice squad group. So um, it's a fun dynamic of getting to play with a lot of different guys that I haven't been able to play with. And it's always fun when you can beat Jake and Tej and those guys. <laughs> it's always fun. How often does that happen? Often. <laughs> no, Jake's on here soon. It, it, uh, it happens every once in a while. I mean, we're, we're really deep. A lot of the guys that we have that 
our practice squad guys or our walk-ons are really good basketball players and and the sit-out guys right yeah barcelo yeah. Harwood, Barcel- yeah they're awesome rich is a load barcelo's incredible Wyatt can really stretch the floor so uh it's it's definitely a really good team that's awesome let's talk about the uh the role that maybe pick and roll could play on this team which the nba has gone heavy pick and roll the last mm-hmm. couple of years uh, yes, in college, some St. Mary's has done it a ton over the years, but will that will we see more pick and roll this season? Yeah, I think that's one of Coach Pope's best qualities is his ability to teach the pick and roll and to teach the reads off of that. Uh, I, I've learned a ton on how to be a roll man and what reads to make when you get the catch, and uh, it's it's crazy how much not only I've grown but all the post players and the guards have grown in the pick and roll game, just breaking it down day by day. Who are the guys in the post that are going to carry the load? with you and Gavin out early in the season? First off, Dalton Nixon's been amazing. He's, he's been incredible. He's shooting the ball really well from three. Uh, he makes quick decisions. He pulls down rebounds. His touch looks great. Colby Lee's been very good offensively, especially. Uh, he's getting more active on defense, getting his hand on some shots, and uh, he's, he's looking really good. So those two, I think, will do a really good job of holding it down. Give us a sense, too, of, uh, I guess, how Jesse Wade's played and some of those guys, are some of the newcomers that set out. Yeah, no, Jesse's been awesome. He can, he can shoot the ball, that's for sure. He's, he's confident shooting the ball anywhere. Whether uh, the hand's down, it's going up. If he's open, it's pretty much over. He can, he can really shoot the ball. But um, that's been something I've been impressed with with the guys is uh, everyone's putting in a ton of extra work on their shots. And uh, it, it's just it looks beautiful. Our offense looks amazing. What does it mean to you to not have Gavin probably for this season? That was a that was some big news a couple weeks ago. Oh man, that that hurt a lot, especially just the type of guy Gavin is. You know, you you obviously look at from a basketball standpoint and and how hard it's going to be not having him. The the things he's done, he's put on fifteen twenty pounds of muscle. He was looking amazing. He was he was huge and still jumping out of the gym and playing hard and finishing. So obviously you look at that stuff, but. You know, just as a person, like this year is going to be really, really hard for him. And he's such a great guy, and he's someone I've played with since I was 16. You know, and I really just feel for him and and what he's going to go through. But I know he's going to be there to support us every day, and um, we're going to try to be there and, and make sure he feels involved and feels like he's a part of the team still. And you just feel for him. It's a yeah. sucky situation, and um, he's going to try to make the best out of it. We're going to try to make the best out of it and just try to move forward. He'll get the red shirt and then uh, be back next year. You guys had an NBA Combine kind of simulation a couple weeks ago. Who had the higher vertical between you two? Because there was oh, some Gavin. pictures and some video, and it was Gavin. impressive. Yeah, Gavin's got me beat. He, ma- he maxed out, didn't he? By no, yeah, much. no, Gavin's a, Gavin's a freak of nature. I think he he had me by uh, two inches probably. Okay. Wait. That's a lot, though, when you, when you look yeah. at uh, verticals. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a freak. So what's your vertical versus his? Huh? I think mine was – about thirty-seven, and he was—he was pushing a forty. Whoa! If you're six, if you're six-nine, pushing a forty, and you're pushing vertical? a forty-inch yeah. vertical. Okay. It's—I mean, that's—it's freakish. What, it's amazing. Was that cool, by the way? I—I I mean, you had probably done some of this in your uh, NBA preparation, but yeah. for the whole team to go through this, it was cool. I was really impressed with our guys and the numbers that we produced. When it when it came down to the lateral quickness drills, there's a lane agility and a pro agility drill. Our guys on average tested higher than the guys at the NBA Combine. That's the most elite wow. college players in, in college basketball. So the fact that we're moving better laterally than all those guys is, is pretty impressive. All right.
We like to hear these things. Love to hear that. That's great, man. You're bringing smiles to our faces, (laughs) Studio B. Let's give you some karma for the season. Um, We appreciate the way you rep the Y, man. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate you guys having me on. It's always a good time. You got it. Okay, coming up, what's the chance BYU wins the West Coast Conference Tournament? 100% in this guy's mind. And more from you on who shoulders the load for BYU basketball with their ever-changing roster as the season approaches. This is BYU Sports Nation. The sixth-ranked women's soccer team hosts Pepperdine tonight. Watches the Cougars look to remain unbeaten against the Waves. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on the BYU TV app. You can listen on 107.9 FM locally or the BYU Cougars app as well. We are live for two hours today, which means we have an hour and 24 minutes and 33 seconds to go on this BYU Sports Nation special. And if you missed our headlines, good news. We're about to revisit those right now. BYU football visits USF this Saturday in Tampa, Florida at 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain, 12.30 Pacific. First ever meeting between these programs on CBS Sports Network. BYU redshirt freshman Jaron Hall will make his first career start for the Cougars, stepping in for the injured Zach Wilson. On the radio side, Cougar pregame live begins at 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific on BYU Radio. Countdown to kickoff on BYU TV. Airs at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. Today's BYU Basketball Media Day, as mentioned, after uh, the BYU Sports Nation episode, uh, two hours today. You can watch the press conference on the BYU TV app or BYUtv.org for Eastern, one Pacific. The new United Soccer Coaches poll out for all NCAA women's soccer teams. BYU drops from number four to number six after a 2-2 draw on the road against Santa Clara to open up West Coast Conference play. Things don't get much easier with the Cougars returning to Southfield tonight when they host a very good Pepperdine team in their second WCC contest. Watch it on the BYU TV app, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. And the men and women's cross-country teams are both ranked second for the first time in school history. The ladies moved up two spots. The men stayed this week. Highest ranking for the women's team since 03. Our question of the day, who shoulders the load for BYU basketball really shoulders. this season and why? Given the Gavin Baxter injury, shoulders, come on. Who carries the load for <laughs> BYU basketball this season Jeez. and why? Let's go to at CougarA70 on Twitter. Says, no question, Yoli Childs. As a legit NBA prospect, he commands the respect of coaches and teammates. He is the heart and soul of the team. His drive and enthusiasm are infectious. We just talked about that with him. Even when he's not on the court, he affects the team's attitude and performance. He does have a shockingly good attitude. He he came in as a freshman, was the power forward with Eric Mika on that team, and has just steadily become this really good player, like an all-timer at BYU. I think he's one of the top 30 BYU players of all time, which is saying a lot. BYU's had a lot of good players. One of the best post players, right? Developed a three-pointer that he shot 32%. That's good enough, right, at, at this level. It probably needs to improve if he wants to get to the NBA. But uh, tremendous rebounder, great athleticism, and a real leader on this team. And you combine that with the skills, ability, and leadership of T.J. Haas and Jake Toulson and others, you need role-player leaders too. Like you get the sense that Dalton Nixon is a role-player leader uh, with this group. And then you have a good combination of guys that – like I talked about in the opening segment, can max out their abilities. Is this team without Gavin Baxter all season and Yoli Childs with nine games an NCAA tournament team? We will find out. On paper, probably not. But they don't play the games on paper. Hopefully this team can put themselves in a position to make it really interesting in March, and maybe they pull off something that we talk about for a long time. Yoli Childs said, the, or, you know, perfect seasons don't, don't start uh, you know, perfectly. Perfectly. 
right? So, and you don't have to beat number one Gonzaga. You don't have to start perfectly. BYU is down 18 to two. Like the, you have these little or big pieces of adversity that you have to overcome. So we'll, we'll see with this team. I'm excited to see. I feel like they're really focused. Uh, I feel like they could be dynamic. I feel like they have some good weapons and variety. Um, unfortunately, there's been some injuries and suspensions and whatnot, but uh, we'll see how BYU overcomes that. Yes, I still think it's an evolving role. Yoli Childs is a critical part of shouldering, or sorry, carrying Thank the you. load for this Let's BYU be basketball team. sensitive to Gavin team. Baxter here. Yes, all, all three of those <laughs> major seniors will have their turn. Each one will take over a game or multiple games. Right now, I still think it's Mark Pope. He sets the tone. He sets the intensity. He keeps this this team focused and intensely uh, kind of fixated on the NCAA tournament early in the season. Day-to-day, show up every day, show up to practice. It's on Mark Pope right now. And then when the season begins, I think it will rotate between the three seniors. And right now, show up to practice means 6 a.m. They're holding 6 a.m. practice. they're practicing twice a day. Yeah, I refused to wake up at 6 a.m. as a missionary. It was 6.30. (laughs) (laughs) I am not getting up early. I'm already getting up at 6.30. Come on. Yeah. And stay stay in the safety zone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Situational it's not, awareness. It's not safety man-to-man. It's safety zone. <laughs> On Facebook from Eli Manet, for the first nine games and until T.J. Haas is fully cleared, it'll have to be Jake Toulson. When will T.J. Haas be cleared with a knee scope? We'll ask him. Hopefully it's sooner than later because I think BYU needs him to carry the load yeah. in these early games no, for sure. BYU doesn't play a game for almost a month. Now, so I think they'll be fine. Eli continues with TJ until he's fully cleared. Jake Toulson, senior, yep. formerly Utah Valley University star player. He can be relied yeah, on by yeah, Mark Yeah, Pope. we showed his highlights beating BYU. Yeah. Okay. We don't have any Jake Toulson BYU highlights, so we had to show him beating BYU. <laughs> but luckily he's on the Cougars squad now. We'll talk to okay, him later. On Twitter from at uh, Quiot, who shoulders the load hashtag too soon yeah, exactly hashtag gavin baxter come on man shoulders really Gosh, that's either naive or completely woke coming up what's the chance the only child leads the team in scoring despite missing nine games and what's the chance byu basketball wins more than 20 games this season this is byu sports nation they want to BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, get ready for BYU at South Florida Live from Provo and Tampa, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific time on BYU TV with Countdown to Kickoff. Your boy Spencer Linton will be there and give you a taste of Tampa, literally. Yes. Now, whether or not that will include Crocs and Gators, we shall see. Crocs like the shoe? No, You're going to wear no, Crocs? We will not wear Crocs. As you look for Crocs? We may hunt for Crocs and Gators. Now, I'm, are there crocodiles, in, or is that Africa? Is it both? It's just one, right? It's just alligators? It's just Gators. I think Florida Gators? Probably. I don't think there are crocodiles in Florida. Are there? <laughs> I have no idea. We'll learn I think it's and just report alligators. on it in a taste of Tampa. Yes. I want to learn something okay. this week. That's the goal. <laughs> that is the goal. Welcome back to a two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation. It is heavy BYU basketball media day right now. And with that in mind, we take you to What's the Chance? Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. What's the chance? Ah, yes. Ben Bagley. Help us keep climbing in our production of this show value. And join us, won't you? All right. Five BYU basketball-centric what's the chance questions. Let's start here. What's the chance Yoli Childs leads BYU in total points 
this season despite a nine-game suspension. 35%. 18 a game, nine games is 162 points. Childs outscored Haas by 179 points last year. I think Jake Toulson will counterbalance some of what T.J. Haas and Diola Childs do. I think BYU is going to have three dudes that average 15-plus. I don't think it's going to be three dudes with 20-plus. That would be gnarly. And unrealistic, honestly. But, yeah, three with 15-plus, absolutely. Oh, man, if Yoli Childs leads this team in total points despite missing nine games, then he went off in the back 26 or 28 or whatever it is. Hopefully it's like 30. Uh, But that means he goes off. I I think that there are a lot of shots to go around for TJ Haas and Jake Toulson. So uh, I'm a little bit lower than you. I say 20% Yoli Childs comes back and leads in total points despite missing nine games. Yeah. 20%. 20%. Next. Let's stick with points, guys. What's the chance Jake Toulson is BYU's second leading scorer in points per game? 72.6%. Uh, I think that he will be. I think <laughs> Jake is a tremendous scorer. I think that combination with TJ Haas is going to be fun to watch. I think Jake will best TJ Haas barely in points. I think Yoli Childs could be the – I think Yoli Childs will lead the team in per-game average. But Jake Tilson's a guy that's just crazy efficient. Last year averaged about 16 a game, but he was a 180 guy, meaning he, he averaged from three, uh, the field overall, and free throw, a combined 180% or more. That's, he was one of less than 10 in college basketball to do that. Undoubtedly, T.J. Haas can fill it up on any given night. He can go for 30, 35. Like, that'll happen. There will be a couple of games where he just goes nuts and makes six three-pointers. But he's best when he has the ball in his hands as a distributor. He's going to create a lot of buckets for Jake Toulson and Yoli Childs. I think Jake Toulson, 89%, which is right around his free throw percentage, will be the second leading scorer because the emphasis will be on the pick and roll, getting Yoli Childs and Jake Toulson the ball, with T.J. Howes occasionally going for a 30-point game. Yeah, I'm almost 90% that he'll be the second leading scorer. Next. Setting the bar on this next one in Jerem's favorite, the bar of mediocrity. What's the chance that BYU splits the regular season series with St. Zaga? I got like 18% or something. I, I, I think with St. Mary's, that's a realistic idea, right? With Gonzaga, it's tough. I know BYU did it three years in a row. That was amazing. I shaved my head. I, I remember. Remember when you shaved your head? Yes, I remember. Uh, I, I think that'd be amazing. I think beating Gonzaga is always going to be tough. Hard to know who the Zags are this year after losing a couple of draft picks, right, for uh, first time in a while, maybe ever. I'm not sure. Perhaps they've had multiple. But, uh, yeah, I go low percentage here. I think where BYU really needs to get them, though, is in Vegas. It's not in the regular season. If BYU splits the regular season series with Gonzaga and St. Mary's, then how much does that better their NCAA tournament chances? Like, all of a sudden, I'm feeling like putting on the cap just thinking about... Just about those two? Just thinking about splitting the regular season series with those teams because if BYU is good enough to do that, then they're certainly good enough to beat St. Mary's and Gonzaga in Las Vegas. Right. They'll Are be, they not? Yeah, I just... At-large resume is going to be tough without Yoli Childs in those first nine and no Gavin Baxter, the whole deal. I, it's get, BYU's always matched up well with Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga's blown BYU out a few times. But BYU's had a better matchup with that. St. Mary's, BYU has not matched up as well with the pick and roll and with the quick guard, Jordan Ford and whatever. and Malik Fitz is a, a guy that has given Fitz to BYU. <laughs> I, I'm interested to see how BYU matches up with Gonzaga with kind of a new-look group. I feel like this is kind of the discussion that we had about BYU football. What's the chance BYU goes 2-2 two and two in the first four against the Power Five? Oh, 100%. They're going to win in overtime against Tennessee and USC. We called our shots in the summer. We, we both said that, said no one. 
<laughs> we both thought probably yeah. one and three, right? Right. So we're, I think so, we're so leaning towards one and three right now, but I, I don't know. There's who's going to be, be worse about, than we thought then? There's something to be said about senior leadership and with TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, and Yoli Childs all in the lineup for these games. I'm leaning towards like 40%. BYU wins 40% of their Power 5 games as a football team, right? 40% BYU splits the regular season series with these teams because they have seniors and experienced players, and we hope they'll be playing their best basketball with their best players at that time. Yes, absolutely. Splitting would be awesome. Winning three out of four seems like crazy delicious, Yes, right? Like Mr. Pibb and Red Vines. That'd be dope. Yeah, 40%. I like the senior factor for sure. And Yoli Chaz doesn't have to sit out any of those games. So thank goodness. That. Yeah. Next. What's the chance BYU wins more than 20 games this season? 73%. I, I think BYU wins 20 games, at least. Uh, if they only win 20 games. Uh, NIT bound. Yeah, NIT bound, right? You're, you're not going to probably win the uh, tournament in Vegas. But that, that, see, that's the thing. I, I'm not thinking about the at-large very much for this season. I'm just not. With no Gavin Baxter and with no Yoli Childs for nine games, I'm not going to focus on the at-large. I'm going to focus on can BYU make a run in Vegas? I mean, th- I think that's what this season comes to is can BYU figure it out without Yoli Childs, play good ball so that when Yoli Childs is inserted, this team has an identity, but they just get way better with Yoli Childs. And then in early March in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena, when we are there, that we witness BYU do what they haven't done since 2001 and win the conference tournament. You can book your trip right there. It always comes down to that. Like, it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. You get hot in March in Las Vegas, you're going to the NCAA tournament. That is the beauty and pain, if you're BYU, of that reality. Uh, I'm sorry about the... Uh, 19 and 13 bottoming out situation that BYU basketball went through that brought on a coaching change and so much other stuff. But is BYU not better than that team? Like that team won 19 games last You'd year. You'd hope. Is this BYU team not better than that? Yes. Unequivocally, they are better than that team that won 19 games last year. 100% they are going to win 20 games. I feel like BYU will be down to San Diego by 44 at any point this upcoming 100%, Jaron. BYU wins at least 20 games this season. It was the first time in 14 years BYU had not won 20 games. We all think they're better than they were last year. 100%. Right, but how much better? It, it shouldn't take much to be better than that. That team wasn't good. It was a bad team. Next. Last one. Speaking of Vegas, what's the chance BYU wins the WCC tournament? <laughs> I mean, whatever percentage we say, it just doesn't matter. I'm gonna say, I'll say 5%. Like, Chances are BYU doesn't win. They haven't won it since 01. They have to get through St. Mary's and Gonzaga in all likelihood. But it doesn't matter. Like, if BYU wins that, St. Mary's won it last year. St. Mary's was not going to go to the tourney if they didn't win the league, and they did in Vegas. So I think that opens the door just a little bit to go, oh, Gonzaga is beatable. And that was a good Gonzaga team with two lottery pit or two uh, first rounders, right? Um, that's a big deal um, if BYU could do that. It doesn't matter what percentage I say here, but what do you say? What number does Yellow Childs wear? 21. What is right? it? 20, is it? I can't remember. 23, sorry. 23. Oh, Michael 20, Jordan. 23. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I like that percentage. 20, 23%. It's on, it's on Yoli Childs and the seniors, man. 23% BYU right, can pull it off. Knock on wood if you're with me. They can pull it off and do something they haven't done in almost two decades. 23%. That'd be great. Oh, That'd be great. <laughs> Coming up. 
Mark Pope, TJ Haas, and more in hour two, including uh, Jake Tools. Can you imagine not worrying about BYU getting into the tournament on Selection Sunday? It's like, oh, they're in. I don't, well, <laughs> it took the National Player of the Year to not worry about it, right? It's like, oh, BYU's in for sure. Well, it's the highest ranking for any BYU team since 2003 in women's cross country. The whip is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. If you missed any of the first hour in this two-hour special, download the podcast, go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes anytime you want. Stay tuned for the second hour. We've got Mark Pope, we've got TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, and Zach Selyus. But first, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Cougars tangle with the Bulls of South Florida this Saturday in Tampa. Jaron Hall will make his first career start at quarterback for the injured Zach Wilson. BYU Radio pregame coverage begins 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff is an hour later. Men's basketball. It's media day madness today. After a two-hour BYU Sports Nation, you can watch a press conference on the BYU TV app or at BYUtv.org at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. Soccer. BYU dropped two spots to number six in the NSCAA rankings after a tie at Santa Clara. The Cougars host Pepperdine tonight. Pepperdine's won three in a row for the last five against BYU. Nine Eastern, six Pacific on the BYU TV app. BYU men's soccer also remains undefeated. They beat Utah last night on Talent the road 3-0. <laughs> the next match goes down against another in-state foe, Utah Valley, at home this Friday, nine Eastern, six Pacific. Cross country. But the men and women's cross country teams are ranked second in the country. First time in school history that's happened. The ladies moved up two spots. The men stayed put at number two. Highest ranking for the ladies since 03. That's fantastic. Golf. BYU men's golf continues to crush. They just finished the Jerry Pate Intercollegiate in a first place tie with Colorado State. The Cougars have won two of their first three tournaments and finished in the top two in all three. Team shot a combined 17 under for three rounds. Rhett Rasmussen, Peter Quest are just on fire. The first rankings, by the way, come out October 17th for men's golf. And the women's team finished the first day of the Eden Island Felt invite in fifth place. Alicia May Mateo is tied for seventh, and Anna Kennedy tied for 14th. Volleyball. Ben Patch had one kill and one block for Team USA in a three sets to one win over Iran. Patch and Team USA will face undefeated Brazil. At 4 a.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Pacific on Thursday. Softball. And in fall ball exhibition, BYU plays Utah Valley tonight at Gale Miller Field, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Coming up uh, after the break, BYU basketball media day continues. We'll have TJ Haas and Jake Toulson in studio. That backcourt's going to be awesome to watch this season. How does TJ Haas feel after he had his knee scoped? And who's the better shooter out of those two? But first... The head basketball coach in his first season at BYU, Mark Pope, will join us. Who does he think is carrying the burden of this BYU basketball team after a very eventful offseason? Join us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yes, it is. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Hour number two of this BYU basketball media Free BYU USN. Yes, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I hope you're enjoying your Wednesday, October 9th. I can't believe we're talking basketball. 
But here we are again. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Hour number one down. Are you ready to go again, my friend? I am, yes. Let's go. Uh, yes. Let's party. Here's I'm what's here on party. tap for hour number two. The head basketball coach, Mark Pope. Yes! One of his star guards, TJ Haas. And another of his star guards, Jake Toulson. Mark Pope making a very loud entrance into the program. We expect nothing less, my friend. Welcome. How are we, boys? We're great. We're, we're stoked. We're talking uh, hoops in October. We're it's about great. to cross over. Love it. It just got cold. It's so beautiful. Okay, uh, we're that much closer to an actual basketball game after a crazy last six months for you. In fact, how would you explain the last six months in your tenure as the BYU basketball coach? Uh, I think it's, it's awesome, right? I think you don't ask for anything more. Uh, keep things dramatic and interesting. <laughs> and We're trying to write a story every day. And uh, the best part has been getting to know these young men because we have spectacular young men that are really uh, digging in and, and trying to accomplish something special. You have 6 a.m. practices right now. What's, the, what's that like? When do you get into the gym in the morning? I actually don't come to the 6 a.m.s. I just come to the afternoon practice. Let those, no. <laughs> <laughs> what's been remarkable about this crew is that we have not had a, a, anybody show up late yet. Because wow. I actually sit in my office and I'm like, okay, when is the day going to be? Because then we teach our guys not to be late. These guys won't let me teach them. They're unbelievable, and they come in with juice every day, and they're focused, and they're working hard, and we have unbelievable leadership at every turn on this team right now, and so it's been fun. It's been really great, and, uh, you know, there, there's a definitely a grind to it, no doubt about it, but these guys have, have risen to the, you know, the, to the occasion, and they're working hard. Why is that, you think? Senior group? I think it's a senior group. I think it's a veteran group. I think it's a hungry group. I think it's a group that has some, genuinely has some questions about who we can be and some nervousness, and I think it's a group that right now is believing in work. They believe that, that work pays off, and that sounds so trite, but actually it's a, it's a missing concept a little bit in the world today. These guys think they work really hard, they're going to have great success, and they're buying into that, and they will. How have you handled the adversity and the challenges? And let me rephrase it. What's been the most challenging part of handling the unexpected things that you can't really prepare for? Um, that's, that, that's just sports right that's what makes it great um you know I, i'll say this a thousand times i mean we talk to our guys every day we talk to them about like hey this game in a big sense this game asks you every day how you're going to respond that's what's interesting about the game the, the game is not interesting about your game plan going into a game it's asking you how are you going to respond how are you going to respond to something going wrong uh on the court with the refs with the fans how are you going to respond to something going wrong in the course of the season how do you respond? That's what it asks you. And the great players ring the bell. And the great teams ring the bell. And so it's, um, you know, this is, this, is, this is what we do as athletes and coaches. We learn how to respond and we try and figure it out. And, um, and these guys certainly are, are focused on trying to do that. The next thing to figure out is, okay, how does the on-court product uh, differ schematically without Gavin Baxter? Yeah. You've talked about perhaps we go small, we'll figure it out. And you still have some time to figure it out, but what are some of your thoughts there of, okay, without Gavin, what now? Well, I can tell you one thing absolutely without a shadow of a doubt for sure. We're going small. Because <laughs> we don't have any big guys. <laughs> so we will be small. So you have the answer already. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes, uh, you know, um, I mean, I, I could give you a thousand examples, but sometimes circumstance actually forces you to, um, to be creative. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's terrifying 
uh, and it's worrisome. But there's been time after time after time where teams kind of raise up in those circumstances and they actually accomplish special things that people don't think they're going to be able to do because they're not maybe a perfect group on paper. And so uh, we're certainly being stretched now in how we approach the game and how we think about the game. And, and we're going to play small because we just don't have any big bodies. And, um, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be entertaining. People are going to see uh, these kids' whole heart and their soul laid out on this floor, and it's going to be inspiring. You probably had an idea of schematically what you wanted to do going into the season. Does that change now with this? Do you have to adjust schematically? Yeah, I mean, we did. I mean, it, honestly, we spent, you know, I've actually, I'm actually much more comfortable playing small, not, not quite this small. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've had Jake Toulson playing the four for me for the last couple of years. And having incredibly skilled players one through four has kind of been how we've played a lot. And so we spent the, the, uh, the you know, the summer and, and the, the trip to Italy um, really focused on kind of working on some things where we had two big different skill set guys on the floor. And, and so I think we have some versatility that way. Right now, you know, when we get Yoli back, uh, that front line is still going to be really interesting. We'll be able to go a little bit bigger and a little bit smaller at times. And so it's going to be functional for us to be able to do both. Does this automatically mean more three-pointers are going up because you are playing small? Well, I like to shoot, you know, come on. That's what we do, man. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna guard really hard. Uh, we're going to be really aggressive. Uh, we're going to get to the free-throw line. Um, we're going to make sure that we get paint touches consistently, and we're going to shoot every single open shot we have. And if guys don't shoot open shots, they're going to come sit by me for the rest of the game. So that's, that's, uh, that was one of the gifts that Coach Patino gave us as players in college um, because it, it kind of takes a lot of the different nuances, you know, things that you might be concerned to play out of the picture. And so we're going to play. I mean, you know, that's going to be dictated by the defense. It's going to be what the defense gives us. So they're giving us shots, we're taking them, man. We shoot. And this team can really, really shoot it. Uh, we do a bucks drill to start every practice. It's a shooting drill. And I've had, really, I've had top 50 shooting teams in the country the last three years. And I, I've never had a team shoot the ball like this. I mean, the score is not going to mean anything to you. But the fact that we're consistently between 150 and 160 is crazy. The marker's 130. And in the past, I've said, if we get to 160, we're shutting down practice. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this crew can make shots. And, and it's going to be one of the things that's really dangerous about this team. Who are the best shooters on the team? Um, Coach Burgess making shots, man. You, you put out a video. You saw that yesterday, footer. right? He's shooting at one foot for two. He's so bored. He's so bored with making shots. He's like, shoot him off one foot from 28. He's supposed to miss for the rebounding drill, <laughs> yeah. and he can't miss. So, uh, you know what? We have shooters all around. I mean, this TJ Hawes is going to be a – he's going to shoot the living daylights out of the ball. And this Jake Toulson is a proven, proven, proven shooter. He's the one guy that – He's going to be dangerous at a new level this year because he's actually he's going to get shots off quicker. And this Trevin Nell is a freshman. He's going to really, really shoot the ball well for us. And Dalton Nixon is shooting the ball well for us. And you kind of go down the list. Jesse uh, Wade. Jesse Wade is going to make a ton of shots for us. And Zach Selyus, one of my happiest moments in the last six months. I'm sitting in the office. Guys are in half an hour before the afternoon practice yesterday. And I look out. I'm just at my desk, and I can see out the window onto the court. And I saw Zach Selyus shooting a three, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I was so happy. This Zach said was going to make a ton of shots for us, and Connor Harding is shooting the ball well. And I mean, you know, we have a – it's one of the things about playing the lineup that we're going to be forced to play is we're going to have a lot of guys on the court that can really shoot it, really pass it, make plays, come off ball screens. Uh, we'll have a versatile group. 
We know that Gavin Baxter suffered an unfortunate shoulder injury, but you mentioned Zach Selyus. How is Zach's health and his progress as he's coming back? He's doing great. He's uh, he's been listen. He has been working so hard. Uh, you know, um, you know, he was he was in the cast for the first four weeks, three weeks, and then he got into a boot. And in the boot, we got to put him in the pool on the treadmill down at the facility. And so he was. Uh, I was getting pictures from Coach Sork, who's been unbelievable every day with. Started out, uh, you know, Zach just floating around with his rubber ducky in her tube, and then he got it. <laughs> actually, got to the point where he's kind of walking and jogging and getting some pace on the treadmill. And uh, you know, they've been he's been working so hard. So his 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 return is is going really fast, and and he's going to be back. He'll be back. I, I feel really good about him being back. Hopefully by the season open. That's incredible because when did when did he break his foot? It was on the Italy trip. When, when in August. August. Yeah. Right. So we literally it happened, and and you know. <laughs> So the first thing was to try and take care of him, you know, make sure he was fine. And then two minutes later, the only thing going through my mind is, all right, let's count out these, count out this time. And so I think we had five days left on the trip, uh, and and we knew kind of the general idea of the recovery time. And it would, and we're playing with the, you know, this November fourth date. And so we're like, we got to send him home tomorrow. So we got him on a plane. We, we actually tried to get him on a plane the next morning, and things went sideways. We finally got him on a plane the next morning. But those four days, you know, might be the difference between him actually being a suit up for the opener. So, wow. So it's you know it was it's a super time sensitive. He deserves this. He's worked so hard this summer, and then since he's got and he and he had two unbelievable games in Italy. I mean, he might have been the best player on the floor the first two games in Italy. He was unbelievable. Mm. And um, and he worked so hard defensively this summer. He was locked in. And so it's going to take him a minute to get that back. But he's hungry for this season. And I'm so glad he's going to be able to play in all these games. We've been talking about program expectations and first year and everything that's gone into this um, and maximizing the talent of this group. Is it too hard of a line to say NCAA tournament or bust with this group? Or is it, hey, let's just be our best selves? Um, well, here's the thing. Is is yeah, I mean, we want to go to the NCAA tournament. We'd like to win the NCAA tournament, right? Uh, we'd like to go to the WCC tournament and win the WCC tournament. We'd like to go to Maui and win Maui. Um, but I, I think that when you get too locked into that picture for us, for fans, man, I hope the fans are like, hey, these guys go to do all this stuff. But for us, our focus literally has to be on today, on getting better today, right? Because if we get too, first of all, what we're doing right now takes so much emotional and physical energy. Just camp right now takes so much energy that if we're spending a lot of time thinking about what's happening then and not focus on what's happening today, we're missing out on getting better. So for us, this is what we know. We know that because of circumstance and because of the way basketball works, we have got to be playing our very best basketball at the end of the season. That is our goal. And the only way to do that is to get better every single day and to take every single victory and every single setback and every single trick that happens to us along the way and find, find a way to grow from it. And so our focus is squarely there. Um, we, we expect to be a very, very good team by the end of the season. That's the expectation we put on for ourselves. We have a bunch of individuals, a bunch of seniors that expect to have a very, very special year. And so falling short of that is unacceptable. So, you know, exactly how that's going to shape up, I don't know. That's for you guys to talk about. For us, we're talking about getting better every single day. BYU Basketball Media Day on BYU Sports Station continues with the head coach, Mark Pope. Speaking of expectations, what can we expect on October 23rd at BYU's version of 
Midnight Madness. I'm so hyped, man. Anything happening at midnight has got to be good in the Marriott Center. Are we in the Marriott Center? We're in the Marriott Center, right? You tell us. I, I don't know. We're in the Marriott Center. I, don't know. I think we're in the Marriott Center. Yeah. Uh, we actually just had our first meeting about that today. I know the marketing department's working really hard on it. And it starts what, at 10.30, by the way. So you're going to go well, to midnight? Yeah, but we're not. No, I think we're actually, like, 10.30 is, like, all the fun warm-up stuff. Oh, I think gotcha. we're rolling at 12.01. This is, like, throwback Midnight Madness. Mm-hmm. This is the way that I did it in college. Uh-huh. You're in the locker room looking at the stands just packed people going crazy and we can't walk on the floor till 1201 so i don't exactly know that's how i don't know yet <laughs> and i'm so happy i don't know yet the fact that i don't have to know that yet is one of the things that makes byu extraordinary yeah that is a school night so go ahead and be sick on thursday no no go to 24th. school man you gotta come party with us in the marriott center for midnight madness and then go to class and talk about and it and then take a nap I'm amen talking, i'm talking elementary school kids man yeah these college kids are always up at midnight okay we buried the lead here uh you you drove in like a nascar oh my goodness. vehicle in Vegas on the Speedway last week. It was so unbelievable. I kid you not. It was so awesome. How so fast we, were you going? You, just you? No, no. So it was. So we had a contest. You know, you I mean, Mark Few, right? It's 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 BYU Gonzaga. That's what it is. St. Mary's great, obviously. Pepperdine, San Francisco, a ton of great teams. I'm not trying to offend anybody, okay? But right now on this day, it was head to head, the great Mark Few and the winless. At BYU so far, Mark Pope. <laughs> Even matchup. Not only that, but F- Coach Few is really athletic. You know, he goes and he does, uh, you know, he's on the lake skiing and wakeboarding and doing flips and stuff. And I am not. I'm actually really big and I don't have good balance. And <laughs> ideally, I don't really fit in this car. So they had to get the Jimmy John's car four, which I was so hyped about because Jimmy it John's, was, was sponsor bad. of BYU Athletics. Thank you so much. So... They knew this car would fit because apparently six months ago, Charles Barkley came and he fit in this car. And he fits in a different way. So I was like, if I don't fit in this car, man, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Was it just you in the car? Just me driving. Oh, my God. Let's go. So there's a, th- here's the thing is that I got in and you, 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 it's stick shift. So you have to get to fourth gear. Literally by the time you get out off the straightaway. Uh-huh. Well, that's you on University Avenue. Yeah. Well, sh- <laughs> and... <laughs> And this ramp that you're turning on is 22 degrees pitched. Steep. And so you have to get this instructional deal. And they said like 17 times, if you come down on the apron on the ramp, you're going from the 22 degrees to the ramp, you're going to spin out and die. I mean, they basically said that over and over again. So I'm like, you know, I'm nervous. (laughs) Went around the first lap. I I kid you not, I was was cooking at like 32 miles an hour. (laughs) And so they they gave me like seven laps. And then by the end, like we were flying, it, you feel like you are in a rocket ship. And the whole deal is like you go just as fast in the straightaway as you do on the turn. Like you're not picking the pedal up at all. Wow. wow. So, so I think they clocked me at 140, 146.8.7 miles per hour. It was Woo. unbelievable. That's, a, that's quite the thrill. On the turn, bro. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm glad you're and, alive. And you summoned your can, we, can we put those pictures out? Because tell me I do not look great. So my only request was I was like, please, because BYU TV was there. I'm like, please, 
can we just stop the car on the turn and let me run up and down the thing on, in a diaper screaming, I'm on fire! I'm on fire! <laughs> but they said that that would not be appropriate for BYU TV. I was so disappointed. You talked to the wrong people. Oh, man, I was bummed. Oh, shake, been shake and bake. <laughs> shake and bake, baby! And, and then you were interviewed after and you did this with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'll hold it. Uh, Great That's to talk awesome. to you, Coach. Appreciate oh, you guys. Man. Fantastic stuff. Okay, oh, Midnight get, Madness. Yeah, let's get some karma for, for yeah. Midnight Madness, figuring yep. all that out, and for the approaching season. Thank you, guys. You okay, thanks, it. Mark. Coming up, what kind of impact will elite shooter Jake Toulson have on this team? And is he the elitist of the elite shooters, or is it TJ Haas who will join us next? BYU basketball senior guard making his way to Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The sixth-ranked women's soccer team looks to stay the lone unbeaten team in the United States of America and Canada. I don't know how many NCAA teams are in Canada. Not many. Against Pepperdine tonight, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on the BYU TV app and locally on the radio via 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app. Welcome back. This is a special two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is always going on social media. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram, hashtag BYUSN, whenever and wherever you want to converse with us. Conversing with us in this moment in Studio B is BYU senior basketball guard TJ Haas. TJ, welcome back to Studio B. Thanks for having me, guys. First and foremost... How is your knee in recovery after a scope procedure that we heard about? It's doing really well, actually. Yeah, I'm about I'm a little over a month out from surgery, and you know I'm working my way back into practice and everything, um, and it's feeling great. Yeah, it's feeling really healthy, and you know I hope to be hope to be 100 percent. You know here in a here in a week or two. Oh, that fast? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, it feels great. It's just a matter of endurance and strength at this point. So Mark Pope scared everybody at the press conference where he mentioned it, where he's like, yeah, we hope to get him next season. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> so luckily this was a, I guess, it, no surgery is, it, surgery is major to the individual, minor yeah. to everyone else, right? Yeah, absolutely. But this was a minor thing? Absolutely. Is that the case? Yeah, just, okay. clean, just cleaned up a few things in there, and I've had this done before, so. Oh, okay, so not the first time. Yeah. TJ Haas with us on BYU Sports Nation. This has been quite the offseason for you, and we just learned that you're expecting a baby boy in February, so congratulations on that. Yeah, very How cool. has that impacted your life? Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of changed everything, really. Um, I'm really excited, though. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, an exciting time of life. You know, a baby's coming. Um, it's gonna. It doesn't really feel real, to be honest, at this point. Uh, It'll feel real when that baby comes. I know. I know. We're about halfway right now, and yeah, it's it's a crazy thought, but yeah, it really doesn't feel real. So, Lauren's expecting in February, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if you know this, but the basketball season is in February. <laughs> so that'll be a fun dynamic, right? Figuring out, yeah. okay, what happens when and inducement and the whole deal, right? I know. Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping that I am home and I am there. Uh, but I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, You've got to balance that and that life changer with everything that's happening on and off the basketball court as well, and it's been crazy. A coaching staff changed. Mark Pope is now in charge. Your teammate Nick Emery retires. You're seeing teammates get injured, and Zach Selyus and Gavin Baxter, and suspension. not to mention a nine-game suspension for Yoli Childs. Uneventful offseason. How, what's the team mentality right now, given all of that? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of things have happened, and you know, I think the great thing about sports is, you know, this stuff happens all the time in sports. You get things thrown your way, and uh, there's a lot of adversity. Um, but you know, I, I think we're really excited to, you know, fight against that adversity and you know, figure out a way to win. Our guys, our guys believe. Uh, in ourselves, and we believe in the things we've been doing. We believe in our coaches, and I think it's a great opportunity for us to just find a way to win. And um, we don't really know how we're going to do that quite yet, um, but you know, I, I really feel good about these guys, and I think we're going to find ways to win every game. It would have been hard enough just to fight the adversity of getting back to the tournament, right? But there have been these off-season things. But I think there's two things that are going for this group um, that you're playing into. One is a bunch of seniors. So guys that are hungry, that have been around, that want the next step, which is to get to the tourney. And then two, the team took the Italy trip. I think this was the perfect time for that trip. Um, What role have those two things played in maybe this group being a little more focused and determined? Yeah, you know, we have a lot of seniors on this team, a lot of guys that, you know, have been through it. They know what it takes to win. Uh, They know what it takes every day in practice. And I think, um, you know, we have some great leaders on this team that um, vocally can help you know, younger guys, and um, they show the example out on the floor as well. And, you know, the Italy trip, I, I think, was just – it was such a great experience for us both on and off the floor. Um, you know, it was great for us to to get out and play some talented teams and, you know, see what we're made of on the floor and develop that chemistry that really you only can develop when you're, you know, playing in a game. And uh, that was super great for us. And then off the floor, I feel like this team gets along so well. And, you know, we have – you know, a lot of fun guys that enjoy being together, and um, you know, it was just a great experience for us off the floor as well. Did you use some French in Italy at all? Did you mm, encounter anybody? I don't really think that? I did. I heard it a little bit. I didn't yeah. really use it that much. I was working on my Italian. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> How's the Italian? <laughs> Not very good. TJ Oz with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball senior guard. What have you worked on specifically this summer to help you progress in your own game? You know, a lot of it has been getting healthy. Uh, that, that's been a huge focus for me. Um, but, you know, I think something huge that these coaches have brought to this program are the numbers and, and studying uh, your points per possession and, and, you know, just your efficiency offensively and defensively. And, so, you know, that's been a huge focus for me has been, you know, to see where my numbers have been solid and, you know, numbers where I, I, can, I can see some improvement. Um, and that's been great for me to study those numbers and, and take that to the basketball court. How does that affect you when you actually play as opposed to after you play saying, well, yeah, I want to do this, this, and this. But in, in the heat of the moment, how does that affect you, those metrics? Yeah, I, you know, sometimes, sometimes you don't want to think too much about numbers because then that can get in your head a little bit. But, you know, it, it kind of puts you in a, a mindset where maybe you're efficient here on the court, maybe you're not so efficient here. And, and, you know, maybe before practice, it's like, okay, I'm going to work on this spot today and I'm going to, I'm going to get better in this, in this spot. Where are you the most efficient on the court? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm most efficient in, you know, a pick and roll situation, you know, especially with, with guys that can finish like Yoli. I feel like I, um, I'm talented in making the right, the right play, whether that's, you know, get a basket or hit Yoli or hit someone else on, on a snapback pass. Do the numbers validate? The idea so, yeah. that you feel? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> he, would, he wouldn't bring it up if they didn't validate it. <laughs> TJ, if Yoli, I mean, with Yoli and Gavin out for the time being, who are the guys running the pick and roll with you 
uh, until Yoli gets back into the lineup. Yeah, it, it's really going to be interesting um, to see what we do. We, we've been um, working on you know smaller ball a little bit, you know four guards and. And, and that can be a huge threat, but you know guys like Dalt and and Colby, we have we have a lot of big guys that you know that move really well, and um, I think just with with four shooters on the floor, it really spaces the floor out, um, and can be a huge threat to the defense. Is it too much to say that it's NCAA tournament or bust for this group? Because that feels like a lot of pressure, and it's hard to get to the tourney when you're not, you know, Gonzaga or whatever as a non-power six or something. Is that too much, or is that a fair expectation? To say, hey, it's NCAA tournament or bust. Yeah, I mean that's that's everything we're focusing on. We want to get we want to get back to that tournament, um, but to get back to that tournament, really, you got to focus on on each day, and and that takes bringing a, a tough mentality every day to practice. And I really believe if we can do that every day and we can keep getting better like we have been these past few weeks, uh, we're going to get to the tournament. Did St. Mary's beating Gonzaga in the title game maybe open up that possibility a little more in terms of, okay, they are vulnerable in Vegas? Because let's be honest, that's the easiest way to get in is to win that tournament as opposed to have this huge at-large resume, I guess, right? Yeah, I've always believed you can beat anyone on any night, Um, you know, I, I, I believe wherever you go in this conference, wherever you're playing, no matter who, who you're playing, whether they're at the bottom half of uh, the league or the top half, anybody can beat anyone. And especially in March, there's, there's magic that happens in March. And you know, I, I believe every time we step on the floor that we're going to win the game. How have you changed the most as a player from your freshman year to now where you're approaching your senior season? Um. That is a very good question. Wait, uh, you're a senior? I know. <laughs> no, I know. That's gone fast. I know. It really does feel like it has gone very fast. Um, I think my overall understanding of the game, you know, coming out of high school, it's uh, high school basketball is way different than college basketball. And I, I feel like um, I've really grown to understand the game of basketball a lot better, you know, reading pick and rolls and, you know, understanding offensive and offensively and defensively game plans and things like that. I feel like my, my overall understanding of the game has improved a lot. Which of your teammates who perhaps is a newcomer to some of the fans this year has impressed you? Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've really been impressed with Jake Toulson. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to be really good for us this year. And, um, He's a fantastic shooter. He's also a fantastic teammate. Uh, he really leads these guys a lot. He's stepped in and, and taken a huge leadership role with this team, and um, he's going to help us win a lot of games this year. With the new staff in place, what's the difference in practice, in the attitude, in the intensity compared to Coach Rose and his staff? Yeah, um, you know, our, our, our practices are, are very intense. I, I would say the biggest difference is um, – is maybe our competitiveness in the sense that you know the drills that we run, we have a leaderboard on the side uh, of the court, and uh, if you if you win that drill, you get a you get a win, and so there's this huge competitiveness throughout practice where you're trying to get wins on that board, and and I think that amplifies um, amplifies our intensity in practice a lot. Mm. So as you guys go, you know who's winning. I like that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, uh, Who's the best shooter on this staff? Because Chris Burgess, I I know Mark Pope put out a video the other day of him trying to miss on a rebounding drill, but he made it on one foot or whatever. I joked. He still got it. I joked. Was that the new James Harden move? That's just like the worst thing ever, right? (laughs) Um, Yet Cody Figger is a a dead-eye shooter as well. And, and, uh, you know, Nick Robinson is the guy. 
He's a half-court shot guy, yeah, too, absolutely. right? So who's the best shooter on the... I didn't put Mark in there on purpose, by the way. Who's the best shooter on the staff? Oh, man. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Coach Fieger. Ooh. Yeah. Small guard, lights-out shooter. <laughs> I played pickup with him. It was a few years ago uh-huh. when he was an assistant. I, I've never played with someone who's made more shots than again. Like, he's unbelievable. Yeah. He's so good. Are you a better shooter than Cody? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Is Jake Tilson a better shooter than Cody? Absolutely. Who's a better shooter between you and Jake? Me. Okay. I like that. I like that. Can you be a 180 guy? Jake was a 180 guy last year. The combination of percentages, three-point field goal, free throw. Absolutely. Is that a goal for you? Is that something you've thought about at all? Uh, a little bit. You know, like I said, I sometimes I try not to focus too much on numbers because that can get in your head a little bit. Um, but I think you can focus on things about your shot, about the shots you're taking that can help you get mm. to that position. We don't focus on the numbers either. You know, if the ratings are an inconvenient <laughs> yes. number, we don't focus yeah. on the numbers. The self-proclaimed <laughs> best shooter on the BYU basketball team and best shooter in his family, for that matter, sure. TJ Haas <laughs> with us on Love BYU it. Sports Nation. Let's give you some karma for the approaching basketball season, my friend. Yeah, Thank recover you. well and uh, looking forward to the season, man. A couple weeks away from Midnight Madness. Who knows what's going to happen Who knows? at that, right? With <laughs> Mark Pope. Could Who knows, be, right? Could be very wild. <laughs> yeah. You in a dunk contest? Who knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, TJ. It's great to talk to you. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. All right, DJ Oz, always, Love it. always enjoyable. Coming up, how is Zach Selyus recovered from a foot injury, and does he have a dope mustache? Plus, Jake Toulson has his say in this ongoing best shooter debate. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, here he comes. Oh, here uh-huh. he is. He's ready to roll. Saturday, get ready for BYU at South Florida Live from Provo and Tampa, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific on BYU TV with Countdown to Kickoff. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We're hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV, on demand anytime, anywhere. And now into Studio B to have his say in the great shooter debate is yep. Jake Toulson. We, we heard just from TJ. heard from TJ. Yep. We asked him straight up, who's the best shooter? And he did not hesitate. He said, it's me. And if, he said, if Jake tries to tell you he beat me in a shooting contest, that did not happen. Oh, my gosh. Hey, that's the answer right there. You already know. <laughs> Ask him what happened this morning. Yes, and you had practice. So you have yeah. 6 a.m. practices, yeah. and you had one this morning already. Yeah. And you'll have another one later We'll today? have one, yeah, like two or three maybe because we have media day today. But yeah. Yeah, been going – uh, double days. It's been good so far. You like six a.m. practices? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, first, like couple times, it's really tough getting up. You're just tired, but I feel like now we're kind of used to it and yeah. wake up fresh, get in the gym, get your work in, and and it's been good. So, what time are you waking up? I wake up at like five, get some breakfast. I live out in Vineyard, so it takes me a minute to get here, mm-hmm. but. It's all good. And you have a kid, so you could be up at any hour of the day already, right? No, he's a good sleeper. <laughs> oh, that's great. I taught him well. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's, that's, that's important. Yeah. He, you probably go to bed shortly after he goes to bed, yeah? Uh, I try to be in bed by like 10.30. He goes to bed at like, depending on, I mean, from like 8 to 9. So. Always a late one. We got ours down at like six thirty. Oh, really? Yeah, but but I'm with you, Jay. The later with, you put them down, the the later they the sleep in. They sleep. So yeah. well, that's for my wife to do it. Right? <laughs> I, I have to leave. I have to leave. You're right. You're right. He gets up at seven thirty. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's her. I let her choose that. I, I didn't know. choose the 6.30. I know. Do I have every night quiet? Uh, yes. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we probably have to collaborate on that because some Trust me, I'm great. feeding him during our conference call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. eventful. Yeah. Jake, how has your decision to return to BYU changed your life and just your, your whole approach in, in your basketball career? Um, well, I think, I think the biggest thing, um, so far has just been getting to know my teammates and, um, it's been, it's been amazing. Like these guys are, and I always had a kind of an idea of what I thought they were when I was at UVU. I was like, Oh, I hate these guys. Like everyone sucks. They're all losers. But like, once you, once I was here, like I completely just changed and, and I feel like they embraced me and. We've just had a bond that's just been so special, and I'm excited to see how that translates onto the court this season. Did you have to overcome some negative feelings with BYU or anything with it to come back? Was there a process there for you? Uh, I mean, a little bit. Not really. I think so much has changed, and I've, I've, I'm such a different person and in a different place now. So um, there was a little bit of that, but I think – um, I mean, I'm here, so I got to a point where it wasn't too much for me to overcome. And was coming back, has that been validated for you? Was that validated right away? Has it taken a minute? Yeah, I mean, I think it took a little bit of time, but I think when we were out there on the Italy trip, um, just kind of just reflecting on, you know, how much has changed and and just like my whole experience, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, I started here, I left. Now I'm back. I'm here, you know, finishing up school and I'm here to start what I or finish what I started. And um, it's kind of, it's a cool story that I'll be able to tell for the rest of my life. Jake Toulson, senior guard at BYU Basketball with us on BYU Sports Nation. How would you explain the last six months of your life in general after, you know, to put it lightly, a turbulent offseason for BYU Basketball with the staff change, injuries, a player retirement, nine-game suspension for yeah. your teammate, Yoli Childs? How would you sum it up? I mean, it's just been it's been full of opportunity. Um, for me, I've just tried to focus on um, getting better every single day and, and bringing – uh, bringing it every day for this team. I think a lot of stuff, you know, has gone on that's that's out of our control. But but we're here to control what what we can. And I think, um, I think when you look at when you look at different experiences, um, and and nothing ever goes as planned, right? We've we've had all these injuries and we've had all this this adversity. But adversity is a great opportunity to to either give into it or to make make something happen. And I think that's what we're about here is, is, um, finding a way. And, um, I think we're not going to give in to any of that. And it's, it's been, it's been tough, but it's, it's been a good opportunity for guys to step up and for us to come together. And, and those great stories that, that story we're going to be able to tell, you know, it was rocky, it was bumpy, you know, at this point we thought we were never going to get this place and we had to change expectations, but no, we're not changing any expectations. We're, Everything that we want is on the table still, so we're really excited. You were a 180 shooter last year and WAC Player of the Year. How do you feel like uh, you'll fit in with this group, especially with Yoli Childs out? Does that mean more on your plate, TJ Haas' plate, everybody's plate? Yeah, I think um, we have a lot of talented players on this team, and I think the way that we want to play is just 
fast with pace and and it's just going to be hard to guard our actions overall and we're going to put players in positions to to do what they do best and I think um, I'm a big part of that but I think the way that we're going to win games this year is by everyone contributing and you know on any given night it could be a different dude. BYU senior guard Jake Toulson in Studio B, part of our two-hour BYU Sports Nation. What kind of personal expectations do you carry for yourself this season? Because I know you, and you're hard on yourself. Yeah. So where are those expectations? My expectations are to win. I want to win at all costs. That's why I came back here to win. So um, I think we've kind of adopted that mentality as a team. And if we stay there, then um, we can you know, do something special. But for me... Um, that's that's why I'm here, and that's uh, what I want to do. Has anything surprised you about this experience so far, this group? Um. Well, I, I mean, I think, I guess, it's not really a surprise because I know there were good dudes here, but just, like, the genuine love everyone has for each other. Like, I've never been on a team that, that gets along so well and that enjoys being around each other. Like, it's so fun to come to practice every day, and, and it's just, like, Everyone brings it and everyone's having fun. Everyone's um, getting after it, pushing each other, but, you know, joking around at times. Like, it's just, it's fun to to play this game um, when everyone kind of wants what's best for the guy next to him. Now, you come with a unique perspective because you played for Coach Pope. You know what his practices were like at Utah Valley University. Now you're at BYU, different facilities. But I imagine that some of those things that he didn't practice have translated over. So how, how different is practice or how similar is it to what you, you're used to? Yeah, it's, it's pretty similar. I think, uh, like you said, I, I've been around this staff, so I kind of know what to expect. But um, we've, we've thrown in a few different looks and, and we're doing – different things because we got different guys and um it's been cool to kind of see uh these coaches kind of grow and and um expand and and it's been it's been cool where are you most comfortable in the uh i guess three levels of the court uh i'd say i'd say at the rim i mean i can finish and then at three like i feel like that's that's efficient basketball right there three points or um finishing at the rim layups and then getting to the free throw line i mean i'll occasionally throw like a little step back in or um pull up but i try to get downhill or um take a three now i know you're close with the warner brothers yeah. your boy fred he'll be watching from san francisco that's right hey. to watch him ball out the shout out shout out to the 49ers 4-0 the block is hot <laughs> Fred, Fred's been balling out. I know Troy was just out there for the Monday night game, and we, you know, we watch all the games. You can't forget about Micah too. He's a part of the uh-huh. part of the boys. The OG, but yeah, I think I think Fred. Maybe when we're out there in you know St. Mary's or San Francisco, maybe he'll come out and have an appearance or something. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the block is hot. We'll yeah. clip that off and make sure that we uh, we tweet that at him yeah. so yeah. he gets the I'm show. I'm a Seahawks yeah, fan, sure. so I'll just sit here and smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you a Niners fan? I no. am now. I'm now a, you are? I'm a yeah. Cardinals fan, but okay. now, like, yeah, I'd, I'd be a Niners that fan whole too, division yeah. is just... 
turned on its head for me. I'm a Niners guy now. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Hate right. the Seahawks. Yeah. Hate, the, awesome. hate the Rams. <laughs> Jake, we got to go. Sorry, no time. All right. Coming up, a man with the mustache. The undercoat's assessing as its new model of excellence will join us. Oh, Jake, it's great to have you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Zach Sayas oh, is working his way back from a broken foot and now working his way to Studio B. Will he be ready for the season opener? This is BYU Sports Nation. That mustache oh, is ready. Oh, the stash. Hey. Oh, my oh, gosh. Stash. Look at that. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The season debut of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is December 10th as Coach Pope and a player with host Greg Rubel discuss Cougar Hoops each week on the BYU TV app Tuesdays at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Cannot wait for that. Can't wait for my birthday cake that night too, Jerem. Oh yeah, that. Close enough, anyway. Wait, yours is the 11th, right? Okay, yeah, I was like, it's not the 10th. Come on, man. (laughs) Welcome back to Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. It is BYU Basketball Media Day Madness. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Now joining us in Studio B is the mustache. Look at this guy. He's like 34 now. Zach Sellius. Look at this guy. The oh, experienced yeah. <laughs> Wiley veteran. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Back here and uh, ready to go. Your coach sat in that chair just uh, a little under an hour ago and, and said, I had one of the greatest sights this morning. I was in my office, and I looked down, and I saw Zach Selyus shooting a three-pointer, and everything just felt right. How are you feeling, man, as you return from a broken foot? I feel good. You know, everything's healing up. It's all healed. Just got to be a little bit more patient and just – wait for it to be ready, and then in a few weeks I'll be back in a shoe and can actually start running. So will there be – well, you know, let's talk about the stash in the hair. Let's just get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, you bleached a little bit of the hair yeah. and the mustache. What was the motivation? And I think all four years you've had a different look, right? Yeah, so kind of needed a new look, you know, to start <laughs> off the year. And I spent a lot of time this summer with Coach Shork, and, you know, he has a great mustache as well. So he kind of inspired me to grow it out, and then the hair just kind of had to go with it. So it's working now. You look 34. That's what you're going for. You look great. Uh, the way that the hair is bleached, it looks like you were in the salon for quite a while, Zach. Like, is this this is high-level stuff? Uh, it was kind of high-level, yeah. Are you going to have to re-bleach during the season? I don't know. We'll see how long see? it lasts, yeah. <laughs> You can be shaved any day, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's let's talk about your game as you talked about it. So once you get into just regular shoes and, and can shoot, how long before you think you'd be able to play after that? Because there will probably be a transition period? Yeah, um, probably another couple weeks to be able to get all that back. You know, you start jogging and start kind of slowly jumping a little bit, and then you just kind of build up from there. And we'll, it just depends on how long it takes and how the foot feels. Now, this cut your Italy trip short, but uh, from what we understand, you were, you were on board for this. You're like, no, no, I want, I want to get back. I, I Send me home. I want to get ready. I want to be ready for the season. What, what was that all like? Um, well, right after it happened, I kind of spent um, the next morning and then kind of afternoon thinking about talking with Coach Pope and being like, here, this is the options. And, you know, we either do go home, do surgery now, or we wait until we get back and – basically hobble around Italy and which didn't sound very fun to me but then getting home and getting it done so that I could be back and I mean it would if I did it later I'd still have longer time in the boot and so now it's it's just a lot sooner than it would have been 
So this is literally to try and get you in for the November 5th season opener, right? Like, that was the target is if you had stayed on that trip, you might have missed a game or two, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, and that's the goal is to get back by that time. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, then that's kind of the way it's going. But, you know, we're on track to be able to get there. And so if it keeps going right, then it should be back. How would you break it? Was it in a game? Yeah, it was in that second game. Um, I was <clears> – <throat> Someone went up for the rebound. I was turning to go, and they landed right on it. So that's what happens. Now, what kind of training can you do at this point while you're still primarily in a boot? Um, basically done all lifting stuff, you know. And then we go and do pool workouts, you know, swim and all that stuff. Underwater treadmill kind of helps and – just being able to get the motion back in the foot as I can and then just trying to stay in shape, basically. That's the only thing you can do. How are you feeling about uh, going into your senior season? I can't believe you're a senior already. Flies by. I know. It's crazy. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that it's my senior year, but you know, I'm excited. You know, It's a fun time, and you know, it's fun to be able to play for Coach Pope, who recruited me, and then finally get to play for him. And So it'll be a fun year. What role will senior leadership play on this team? Because you have yourself and T.J. Haas and Yoli Childs and Jake Toulson. I mean, what, what, what do you expect from this senior heavy group? And it's just our experience. We just kind of got to help um, lead this team and kind of we have so many uh, seniors and veterans that have played and have started and been at this level and just being able to help these younger guys to keep this BYU basketball legacy. And so kind of helping them be able to learn how to do the things, how to prepare, and then be able to go out there and just win games and to do that as a senior class. How do you feel like your skill set fits in with this group and this system? I think it fits perfect. I don't think there's a single guy on this team that is an outcast. No, everyone is there for a reason and is there to help a team in every single different way so I think our team is kind of built around this where everyone has you know a special talent and it'll help build our whole team you improved your three-point percentage by eight percent last year do you feel like you can take that up to 40 percent plus this year where do you feel like you probably are as a shooter Uh, I feel like I do better for sure you know I mean that's the mentality right you know to you know, be better than the year before. And so just kind of going out there and just being able to shoot it and just with confidence as well. Was there something about your freshman year that was different than your sophomore and junior year since you shot 50%? And that was wild, right? Like you led the country for a while. (laughs) I mean, it was – that time it was just kind of like just shoot it. You know, there was no thought and everything. And then you kind of go to the next season and it's like, oh, wow, a lot of pressure into doing that. And so – now I feel like it's just back to you just go out there and you just shoot it. You know, There's nothing to think about and just do it as, a, as you're in the flow of everything. For those that don't get to see BYU basketball on a day-to-day basis, walk us through the typical practice with Coach Pope. What does it feel like? I mean, what, what, what's the atmosphere in there? Take us there. I mean, you know Coach Pope. There's a lot of energy. And so when you first get in there, then it's energy and it's high energy. And when you end, it's still high energy. And so there's never a dull moment and there's never a down moment. There's just so much just enthusiasm and everything we do and just so much confidence into everyone. You know, he believes that everyone has a special talent and he brings it out of them. 
And I don't know how he does it, but he does it, and it's awesome. And he's just – he's an awesome coach to be able to be around and to learn from. And, you know, even his staff, like all the guys he brought, they just have that same kind of mentality. And so practice is just so high energy, and it's just a like, confidence builder each day. Even if he makes fun of your mustache, you're cool with that? Oh, I don't think he's ever made fun I, of it. I think he, he loves it. He's probably impressed by it because he could never grow it. <laughs> yeah, a little jealous by it. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Pope with like a wig and a mustache. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be he, said, he said this morning that um, he's still waiting for that morning where you guys show up late and don't bring the juice with 6 a.m. practices. So why is it that this group has yet to have the the – tardy practice and no juice i think it's just that you know like the veteran stuff that we have we have that kind of veteran swagger where everyone knows what to do you know what is expected and you know we make sure everyone else knows that and we're honestly kind of scared as well to be able to (laughs) be late you know we're scared to see what happens so it's kind of helping us and i i think we just kind of we go each day wanting to get better and wanting to be able to practice. I don't think anyone doesn't want to be there. You know, there's just that great feeling to be in the gym working, even if it is six in the morning or, and then going for the second practice of the day. You no, know, everyone wants to be there. The always stylish Zach Selyus with us on BYU Sports Nation. Great to talk to you, man. Let's give you some karma for uh, your foot recovery in the approaching season. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Zach. Seen you already. Can't believe I it. Know. I know. <laughs> Coming up, Ghosts in the Wilk. Uh, what's that all about? Plus, a rising shout-out to the Demi Moore of BYU Athletics. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, Yoli Childs, Mark Pope, TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, and Zach Selyus. Yep, it was a two-hour special. If you missed any of it, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Today's rise and shout outs now for me. Jerem goes to BYU women's cross-country track and field coach Dilji Taylor. She's worked miracles. She's returned that program to elite status, number two in the country. Also, Mark Durant said, quote, wow, Demi Moore is our coach. In the video that BYU Track and Field posted yesterday, she's wearing sunglasses and it kind of looks like her. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, mine goes to at Tanner underscore Wallace. He says, why would I ever need to go to a haunted house when there are at least four girls in the Wilk right now that have ghosted me? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that so much. Tanner, you're a good man. <laughs> you're a good man. Our question of the day, who shoulders the load for BYU basketball this season and why our elite voice today presented by Sundance Mountain Resort? Broncos lover says, with Yoli being out at the beginning, I think it begins with Hawes being the elder statesman. Once Yoli comes back, it will be both of them establishing dominance in both the front and backcourts. Experience and working through resilience will be key. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, I ran out of time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Roland Minson. A rebroadcast of BYU football with Kalani Satake up next. Join us on BYU TV at 4 Eastern for the Media Day press conference. Go Cougs!